Rigdon. Yes. For any intelligent person, it is logical to assume that since a human has sexual energy and it is manifested not only in connection with the instinct of procreation, but it also has powerful psychological, physiological, and other influences on him during life. This means its creating power occupies an important place in both the visible and the invisible human structures. After all, what is a surge of hormones? It is the formation of chemical compounds as derived from the work of energies, that is, of more advanced physics. Moreover, thought is the activator. By the way, the word hormone, horma, when translated from Greek, means exactly I excite, I bring into action. Hormones as biologically active substances start producing changes in the organism, affecting all the vital processes in the body. And we are talking about what is already known to people at the level of physiology, that is, the visible world, visible matter. Now imagine what this force represents to the invisible world in which subtle effects and transformations take place and from which, in fact, everything is born. In the spiritual aspect, sexual energy is the force and the conductor to the deepest feelings, let's say into the world of mysteries of the Supreme. This special knowledge, one way or another, is present in many traditional religions and beliefs of different peoples of the world. Perhaps I will explain this in more detail. True love is the person's deepest feelings, which cannot be expressed in words. It is the power of the soul, its state of love for God. True love between people begins when one person experiences the deepest feelings of love for the soul of another person. When, as they say, one sees the essence of another, when there is wonderment in silence. Do you see the difference? The state is very different from the usual common sexual burst of a human being who is also dominated by the animal nature when a person wishes to possess, dominate, and use another person for his own selfish purposes. It is significantly different from a psychological concept that is expressed as the domination of some instant moods, shaky feelings, or many greedy wants. All of this often happens when a person is under the illusion that he supposedly dominates over someone or gives all of himself but does not get a reciprocal feeling. When he demonstrates constant torment in his behavior in the name of some ideal, which is in fact invented by him. Although, in fact, he is not experiencing real selfless love, but is trying to show his alpha significance to himself and to others. In relationships, all this, sooner or later, turns into misunderstanding and tension, generates hatred and enmity, as it is based not on the real deepest feeling, but on the desires of the animal nature. Again, in such a case, a person starts blaming everyone and everything but himself. However, all this shows that he is just asserting his own ego and that he does not actually know how to love, 
but demands such love for himself. That is, war and peace begin, first of all, in consciousness. The human's problem is that he does not want to work on himself to produce real spiritual love on his own, the same love that his soul feels for God. After all, for the rapid spiritual growth of the personality, it is like vivifying moisture for a ripening ear of grain. True love is a generous inner gift which one person presents to another because of an abundance of the deepest feelings. Such love can be given when you forget about yourself. It is about this love that they say that it is patient, forgiving, not envious, not prideful, not self-seeking, and thinks no evil. True love is restoring the unity of souls. A loving person sees kinship in the other and the beauty of his soul. When a person is in a state of true love, he sees more not of the superficial beauty, in other words, mental or physical beauty of another person, his talents or abilities, but of the inner beauty of his spiritual nature. In this case, he begins to see another person from a completely different angle. That person also undergoes a noticeable transformation. Imagine if the latter behaved aggressively towards the outside world. All of a sudden, someone sees not an evil, but a kind person in him. Instead of his bad qualities, he notices the good ones. That is, he notices his spiritual beauty, which is also in him, but which was not dominant in his consciousness. Thanks to this sincere feeling, the person not only begins to open up, but also to change for the better, with his consciousness dwelling in a full chalice of love. People who wish to follow the spiritual path should not waste time waiting for someone to come one day and sincerely love them. They should learn how to unfold love inside themselves, love for God, for the soul, and then it will be reflected in the surrounding world. It will let them see people from the perspective of their spiritual beauty. Everything is actually closer than people can imagine. Anastasia Yes, there is an impression that basic knowledge of what true love is has been lost. The masses were only left with traditions without understanding the essence. For example, in the Orthodox tradition, during the wedding service, there is a prayer asking the grace of heaven to come upon the man and the woman who decided to unite their destinies and to transform human relationships into heavenly ones. Bearing in mind what you have just said, these are not mere words. Rigdon. Absolutely. The point here is in the very essence, the mystery of the soul. When two people show true love towards each other, when they're united in their deepest feelings, even the physical union, bodily communication, the connection of the human flesh, only helps, as they say in the orthodoxy, to reveal to them the real mystery, which is the act coming directly from God and leading to Him. This is a miracle that surpasses all natural relationships and states. There is a deep meaning here, and enormous power is hidden in this mystery. It is the spirit that is primary here, not matter. 
matter is just an additional means. Anastasia. Yes, love conquers all. I have to ask you several more of the reader's questions, which at the moment, unfortunately, are still traditional. Is it possible for the modern human to change? Richten. Quiet soul. It's just that a human does not know much about his abilities. Anastasia. What can hold the person back from learning? Rigdon. It is mostly fear from the animal nature, fear of the unknown, that excites imagination the most. But this fear exists only until the unknown becomes known. In order to know the unknown, you must be interested in it, and you must expand the scope of your thinking. Otherwise, how can a person see anything new if his thinking absorbs only that which is familiar to him and sets the corresponding confining frames for incoming information. A narrowed outlook and lack of deep understanding of the world also give rise to fear in man, from the animal nature, to come into contact with the eternal and lose that temporary which he has now. Figuratively speaking, that very branch which that man from the parable is clinging to, which I mentioned earlier. Anastasia, you said that in order to know something, it is necessary at least to make an attempt to start learning it. Rigdon, yes, it is for a reason that the ancient sages used to say that in order to know the world, you must know yourself. And to know yourself, you need to get away from the usual patterns of perception. After all, our inner world is much bigger and more interesting than we're used to thinking it is. Its beauty, scale, and depth cannot be known only with the usual perception. Diving into the depths of the unknown, for example while doing meditation techniques, one can see and feel that which has always been with you and which gives you a comprehensive understanding of the world. The deepest feelings, or the so-called sixth sense, the sense of intuition that can be developed with certain meditative and spiritual practices, allow you to perceive more information than consciousness which is limited by logic. They anticipate a situation, giving extensive knowledge about it from the perspective of the observer from the spiritual nature. After all, the real world, and not the narrow spectrum that we can see with our sight, is so multifaceted and varied that it is irrational to study it only from the perspective of a three-dimensional space. Humans' multidimensional structure enables the observer from the spiritual nature to work in various altered states of consciousness and to be in different places at the same time. This, in its turn, makes it possible to be in various alternative states and dimensions. In other words, to see or to have a variety of options in different realities. For a human, this variety of potential unrealities is manifested as long as he does not make a certain choice. The latter manifests one of the many interrelated realities with which the meditator comes into resonance. In other words, while in meditation, a person is already making changes to the given reality with his choice. 
Meditation is like life itself, in which personal choice creates this or that future. And there is nothing surprising here. It is just different as of today unexplored physics. However, research in this direction is already underway. Understanding or resolving certain scientific questions generates even more of them. For example, the answers that quantum physics finds raise questions in biochemistry, biophysics, and so on through a complex chain of interconnection and interdependence of this complex world. As it is known, the macrocosm is the reflection of the microcosm. In order to understand the structure, well-coordinated work, and possibilities of a macro object, it is necessary to start with studying and understanding its microcosm. Anastasia As of today, experiments have proven that human, thanks to his phenomenal abilities, can change the polarization of light rays, the electromagnetic field, and properties of water, as well as deflect a laser beam, read information off of other objects, and so on. That is, if we consider a human, or at least those of his abilities, which science can prove today, then in order to understand the mechanisms of such phenomena, it is necessary to study not only the visible, but most importantly, the invisible human structure? Rigdon, absolutely. Any material object consists of a set of chemical elements. If we speak of a human, his body holds the entire periodic table and many other undiscovered chemical elements. But what is important is that if we delve into the microcosm of a human, we will find that the number of chemical elements will decrease and their interaction will become more complex. For example, if we get as deep as the size of a molecule, we can see that the number of chemical elements is reduced to just a few. With further immersion into the microcosm of the atom, chemistry disappears and quantum physics at the level of elementary particles remains. Elementary particles show properties of the boundary condition here. One and the same particle can be matter, particle, under certain conditions, and it can also be energy, wave. Besides, a number of hidden surprising properties are revealed. The interaction of particles regardless of distance and transfer of energy, and much more. But quantum physics, we can say, is also limited. It stands on the threshold of two worlds where matter, particle, transforms into energy, wave. With further immersion, quantum physics disappears and a brand new yet unknown world begins. The multidimensional world of energies and still further, the world of information, of the very fundamental building blocks of information referred to above, which creates matter, form, and life itself. There is this paradox, I would call it the paradox of a human. Take, for example, a middle-aged person who weighs 70 kilograms and is 1 meter and 70 centimeters tall. So if we put together all the elementary particles that make up that person, they will not even fill a small thimble, and their weight will be less than one gram. 
But if we rearrange the elementary particles in their places again, according to the information structure of this person at this point in time and at a given point of space, we will again get a large and heavy middle-aged person who weighs 70 kilograms and is 1 meter 70 centimeters tall. Anastasia. This is surprising. Rigdon. The question is, what happens to his volume and mass? Anastasia. Perhaps the same thing that happens to the donut hole when the donut is eaten. It turns out that the weight of a person is also an illusion? Still, I'm curious. What creates an illusion of weight, then? Rigdon. This question has an answer, but it is beyond comprehension of modern physics. However, it is based on knowledge about the universe's information-building blocks of which I spoke earlier. Let us put it this way. According to a certain plan, various combinations of information blocks are created. As a result, different forms of living or non-living matter, and so on, are formed out of the same chemical elements. The variety of options of arranging information and the very primary origination of energies in the process of observation is created by, let us say, a super-observer from the other side. People call him God, the Creator, the Supreme Intelligence, the One who, according to the mythology of the peoples of the world, created the universe and manages it. It is this super-observer that determines how the information will be compared and consequently which of the energies or of its components will be converted in an elementary particle. And then, depending on that, what exactly will be manifested and created in the material world? Figuratively speaking, a stone beneath your feet or a star above your head. After all, everything around us, including ourselves, is composed of the same elements, yet connected according to different programs. And these informational programs, these primary energies, are just a manifestation of the plan of the one who created everything. The form and the combinations are different, but in spite of this, everything is interconnected with each other. All the living and the non-living interacts. That is his will. That is his idea. A human contains a particle of the one who created everything. People call it the soul. Its existence in this form, enslaved in matter, is a part of his plan because it makes no sense to create something without observing it, just as it is valuable for a person to observe his spiritual transformations, so it is valuable for God to observe the souls. Precious is the one who has returned to him. At the same time, the freedom of choice remains with human himself. A person is free to choose any path. However, everything is temporary and mortal except for the path to eternity. It is precisely the personality that upon spiritual development and fusion with the soul becomes an observer from the spiritual nature, which, like its creator, can, thanks to his own observation, 
change many things in the material world. For example, he can change not just his destiny, but also the destinies of other people and can create changes in the surrounding world. Anastasia. But how can the observer make changes with his observation? Rigdon. To make the answer to this question clear, let us take a journey into quantum physics. The more scientists study questions posed by this science, the more they come to the conclusion that everything is very closely interconnected in the world and exists non-locally. For example, elementary particles are interconnected. According to the theory of quantum physics, if a simultaneous formation of two particles is provoked, they will not only be in the superposition state that is in many places at the same time. A change of the state of one particle will also lead to an instant change of the state of the other particle, no matter how far it is located from it, even if this distance exceeds the range of action of all the natural forces known to modern mankind. Anastasia. What is the secret of this instant interconnection? Rigdon. I shall explain in a moment. Let us, for instance, take a look at the electron. It consists of information building blocks, or pograins, as they were called by the ancients, which define its basic characteristics and determine its inner potential, among other things. According to modern concepts, the electron moves around the nucleus of the atom as if along a stationary orbit, orbital. To be more specific, its motion is already presented not in the form of a material point with a predetermined path, but in the form of the electron cloud, a conventional image of the electron smeared throughout the whole volume of the atom, which has areas of thickening and discharge of the electric charge. The electron cloud, as such, has no clear boundaries. The orbit, orbital, is referred to not as a movement of the electron in a particular line, but as a certain part of space, an area around the nucleus of the atom which preserves the highest probability of the location of the electron in the atom atomic orbital, or in the molecule, molecular orbital. It is the difference between the inner potential and the external charge that creates such orbitals. The quality of the inner energy, potential, characterizes a material object. In other words, using the language of modern science, such electron shells, orbitals, of atoms, determine electrical, optical, magnetic, and chemical properties of atoms and molecules as well as most of the properties of solid bodies, depending on the number and the position of electrons on them. The shape of the electron cloud, as we remember from chemistry classes at school, may vary. So, as it is known, the electron can exist in two states simultaneously in the material world as a particle, and as a wave. It can manifest itself in different places at the same time, again, according to quantum physics. Leaving, or rather disappearing from its nuclear orbit, the electron moves instantly, 
that is, it disappears here and appears on another orbit. But the most interesting thing here is what scientists do not yet know. Consider, for example, an electron of the hydrogen atom, which is an element that is part of the composition of water, living organisms, and natural resources. It is also one of the most common elements in space. The atomic orbital that surrounds the nucleus of the hydrogen atom is spherical-shaped. This is what the present-day science can detect. But scientists do not yet know that the electron itself is twisted into a spiral, helix. Moreover, this helix, one and the same, can be both left-handed and right-handed, depending on the charge's location on it. It is thanks to the spiral shape and the change of location of charge concentration that this electron easily changes from the particle state to a wave and vice versa. Here is a figurative example. Imagine that you have an orange in your hands. Using a knife, you carefully remove the whole peel from it in a circle, like a spiral, moving from one of its vertices, let us say conditionally from point A, to another one, point B. If you separate this peel from the orange, then in the usual folded state, it will be spherical-shaped, echoing contours of the orange. If stretched, it will be similar to a wave-like rope. So in our figurative example, the orange peel will represent the electron helix on the surface of which there is an external charge in the area of point A, while the internal charge is in the area of point B on the inside, on the white side of the peel. Any external change in point A on the orange side of the peel will lead to the same instant internal change, but opposite in force and influence at the point located on the white side of the peel under point B. As soon as the external electron charge decreases, the helix becomes stretched under the influence of the internal potential and the electron changes into the wave state. When the external charge reappears, which is formed due to an interaction of waves with matter, the helix compresses and the electron changes back into particle state again. In the particle state, the electron has a negative external charge and a left-handed helix, and in the wave state, it has a right-handed helix and a positive external charge. And the whole transformation happens due to azoosmos. The observer from the perspective of a three-dimensional world can see the electron as a particle if certain technical conditions are created. But the observer from the perspective of higher dimensions, who will see our material world in the form of energies, will be able to observe another structure of the electron. In particular, the information-building blocks that make up that electron will only show the properties of energy waves, of a stretched helix. Besides, this wave will be infinite in space. Simply put, the position of the electron is such in the overall system of reality that it will be located everywhere in the material world.
Anastasia. Could you say that it will exist regardless of whether we see it as observers of a three-dimensional world or not?